You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekweme. Somebody who is glad to be alive, can you clap those hands? Clap those hands. Give your God praise for 30 seconds. Celebrate him. Are you glad to be alive? Give him praise. Lord, we love you. We celebrate you. In the name of Jesus Christ. If you have your Bible this beautiful Sunday morning, turn together with me to 1 Timothy chapter number 6, Hebrews chapter number 4. The psalmist declared, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to Revival House of Glory International Church. If you're glad to be in this house this morning, once again, celebrate Jesus for 10 seconds. Give God praise. Give God praise. Give your God praise. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 6, 12 and Hebrews 4, 11 to 12. Let's read together one verse, chapter 6 of 1 Timothy. 1, to 3, go. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Once again, let's read together. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Hebrews 4, 11 to 12. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart. Somebody shout a big amen. It's interesting that the Bible will refer to the subject of rest with the word of labor. It says, let us labor to enter into rest. It will almost seem from the facial value without really going deeper that it would appear to be some kind of contradiction how it will be that God will speak of me coming into rest on one hand then he will insist on me laboring to enter into such a rest. You see, the rest spoken of here was indicative of the promise God made for them to come into their Canaan. The moment they left Egypt, God had a Canaan in mind for them. Recollect that there were giants in Canaan. Recollect Though God had promised them a Canaan, they had to, of necessity, fight to take, to possess what rightfully belonged 
to them. Shall we entreat our Father in a brief word of prayer? Our Father and our God, we lift our hearts and our voices to thank you for the very awesome privilege given us to gather again under this open heavens called Revival House of Glory International Church. For your many mercies that continue to be released over us night and day, we give you praise, glory, and honor. I beseech you in this moment, in this sacred moment, in this carous moment to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven and on the lips and the tongues of clay of the seven son of yours, that today I will come to your people with a thus said the Lord. Help me to go beyond my study, contemplation and memory and speak accurately your very mind and your counsel. Move every man and woman in this room and those who are logged on across the nations from where we are to where you reserve for us in the place called destiny with us always to give you alone the praise, the glory and the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Somebody shout a big amen. Whilst you're seated, touch your neighbor and say, faith for the glory, part number one. We have been on an ongoing discourse on the most interesting and exciting subject of faith. An understanding of faith is very critical if, as believers, we must live a life that brings pleasure and delight to our God. It is by a walk of faith and a lifestyle of faith that we as believers are able to bring pleasure to God. The Bible declares in Hebrews 11:6, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he or she, if you like, that comes to God must believe that God is. Hallelujah. You must believe in the existence of God, in the reality of God. Not just must you believe that God is, God exists, but you must also go beyond that to believe that God is also a rewarder of them that diligently seek him or serve him. So God is, but God also is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You must believe that. But the Bible very clearly says that without this instrument or vehicle of faith, it becomes impossible to please God. The word impossible is a very, very strong word. And if it is indeed impossible for you and I to please God without faith, it must mean that the subject of faith is very, very important to the life of a believer. If there is something I can do to please God, and there's something if I don't do, I don't please God. I want to know more of that thing. I want to grow in it. I want to exercise myself in it because I desire to bring God pleasure and delight. Somebody shout a big amen. God is greatly drawn and greatly attracted to a person of faith or a people of faith. God is greatly drawn greatly attracted to a person of faith or to a people of faith. Just as faith moves God in a similar manner, not quite exactly, fear also moves the devil. Just as faith will attract God to you, attract God to your situation and your circumstances, in a like manner also fear will attract the devil to you and to your situation and your circumstances. Just like a piece of magnet creates a force field around it 
that is called a magnetic force field that naturally will attract pieces of metal to it. Just like if you throw a little piece of metal into a bunch, a container with pins, uh, throw a piece of metal, magnet, into a container of pins, uh, as you throw the magnet into it, something happens. Almost there's a force field that draws the pins to the metal. Praise God. In a similar manner, beloved, when you walk in faith, when you express faith, no matter what circumstance, what situation you find yourself in, you are going to attract God. You are going to attract God. The Bible declares in Psalm 2 verse 3 uh, that, that God inhabits Bogaloka, the praises of his people. When a people begin to praise God, whether in season, out of season, they're going to attract God into their situation and their circumstances. You've heard me say over and over that God doesn't show up to take sides in a battle. When God shows up, he comes to take over. Praise God. And one of the ways we express our faith to God is in giving thanks. It was said concerning Abraham, our father of faith, our patriarch of faith, that he was not weak in faith. Rather, he was strong in faith, giving God glory. He was strong in faith, giving God glory. So we see there that one of the highest expression of our faith is to be able to give God praise when we're going through what seems to be difficult moments. Praise the Lord somebody. Your faith is strengthened, your faith is energized when you are able to thank God when you cannot trace him. Praise the Lord somebody. So we see here, when we give God praise, we express our faith, automatically we create another force field around us that attracts God and repels the enemy. Because the devil cannot stand an atmosphere of faith. The devil cannot stand an atmosphere of praise. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Your faith attracts God in a like manner also. Your fear, if ever you express fear, will attract the devil. It's oftentimes said that animals who are predators of other animals, what they do is this. When they see a pack of animals that they could go for as a prey, what they look out for is a smell. When the prey expresses or releases a smell in the atmosphere that shows that they are afraid or there is fear around there, they know that is an easy target, an easy prey. Praise the Lord somebody. In a like manner, God forbid, when a believer begins to express fear, panic, worry, anxiety, the enemy knows this one is an easy prey. That's why we must learn how to walk in faith. We must learn how to grow in faith because this faith will guarantee you and me of victory. Somebody shout a big amen. The Bible declares in 1 John 5 verse 4 that whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Not just whoever is born again. You know when you're born again, you're an overcomer. But this is saying whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. That means a vision that is God-inspired and God-birth will overcome the world. A marriage that is God-inspired, God-breathed will overcome the world. Whatever it is, as long 
as it has its root in God, it is bound to overcome the world. I don't know what is in the world for you, but in this world, there is trouble, there are tears, there are all kinds of things in the world. The Bible declares that the world lieth in wickedness. But the Bible also says that the man who is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory not a victory this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith beloved if you are going to be an overcomer in the situations and the circumstances of life then you have to learn to walk by faith somebody said i will walk by faith praise the lord you will learn to walk by faith if you're going to gain victory over the tests and the trials of this life. Listen, I, I, I've, I've come to understand that God could have taken you and me out of the world when you said yes to Jesus, but he kept you in the world for a reason and a purpose. That in spite of what the world will throw at you, he put something on your inside, he put someone on your inside that will guarantee you of victory over every test, over every trial, over every persecution around you. As long as you rise up to fight as you're called to fight as a fighter. Can somebody shout a big amen? Saints, there is victory ahead of you. There is victory ahead of you. I, I want that word to simmer into your heart. That in spite of your test, there is victory ahead of you. In spite of the trial you may be going through, there is victory ahead of you. Is it a health challenge? There is victory ahead of you. Is it a marital challenge? There is victory ahead of you. Is it an economic, financial challenge? There is victory. Is it something with your career path? There is victory ahead of you. Are you waiting for the fruit of the womb? There is victory ahead of you. Are you waiting for your prince in shining armor? There is victory ahead of you. Are you the princess waiting for your husband to take you up the aisle? Listen, there is victory ahead of you. There is victory. There is victory. There is victory. It's not over until it's over. It won't be over until somebody under the sound of my voice wins and you are the somebody. Uh -huh. Your amen sounds very questionable. Can you roar like a mighty thunder a big amen? Hallelujah. Faith and the fear are mutually exclusive. They can stand together. The story was told about fear knocking on the door of a particular person. And Mr. Faith got up, went to the door to open the door for Mr. Fear that knocked on the door. The moment Mr. Faith opened the door, Mr. Fear was nowhere to be found. He or it was on the run. Because fear and faith are mutually exclusive. They can't stay in the same place. That is why fear is a contaminator of faith. Kodobalanda. As the preacher said, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. When you allow room for fear, it will contaminate or corrupt the fear of God that is in your heart. Theologians through a rigorous process of exercise of study of scripture have identified that three, sixty-five times in the Bible in different ways, the phrase fear not, don't be afraid, don't fear, is found three, six, five times in the Bible. 
Don't be afraid. Fear not. And why is that? It would seem that God made available one don't be afraid for every day of the year. Because all the day long, you must attack this thing called the spirit of fear. You must. You must. You must give it no room. You must give it no access. You must be very violent about how you contend against the spirit of fear. Fear is not just a thing that comes upon you. Fear really is a spirit. It's a spirit. It's an anointing of fear. The Bible declares in 2 Timothy 1.7 that the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, but of love and a sound mind. So if ever you found fear around you, you've got to know that that fear did not come from God. No, 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 no. Number one is a spirit. Number two, that spirit did not come from God. Number three, you know that it's from the devil. Number four, you know if it's from the devil, you have a choice to reject the devil's property. Hello, somebody? Because fear is a good or a property of the enemy. And you have the right and the God-given authority to refuse the spirit of fear. Hello, somebody? As we see in the scriptures, in the 11th chapter of Hebrews in particular, Faith aha, is a producer of good reports. Faith is a producer of testimonies. The Bible declares in Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. For by it, what is it? Faith. For by it, faith, the elders obtained a good report. So faith is substantial <laughs> and faith is evidential. Uh-huh. Is so substantial, is more substantial than anything that is physical. It's a proof. It's a title deed. It's a guarantee of what already exists in the realm of the spirit. It is by this instrument of faith, that the elders of old produced a good report. That word good report or that phrase good report speaks of testimonies. A life of faith will guarantee you a life of adventure in Christ and also a life of testimonies. A life of doubt, a life of unbelief, a life of fear will only bring you a life or a result that is lacking of color. A life that is lacking of adventure. A life that is lacking of good reports. But when we walk in faith, the faith we walk in guarantees us of producing good results and good testimonies. Ha. Somebody once said, you can't have testimonies except you have test. Mm? Testimony. You want testimonies? They're tests to overcome. You want triumph? They're trials to overcome. Saints, when a believer's life 
lacks color, lacks beauty, lacks adventure. All you talk about is what God did for you when you were on campus. Nothing new in the past one year. Nothing new in the past one month. You haven't quite exercised your faith in one dimension. You knew that this was God that showed up. You, 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 nothing reminds you of, of the presence of God. Not as past days in your life, but of the now. You haven't taken an adventure of faith to leave your boat of comfort. To see that God still carries people on water that dare to leave their boat of comfort. You've been so secure and so comfortable in your house. Listen, Abraham, there comes a point in time that your God will ask you to leave your father's house to a place he will show you. Not the place he has showed you, he will show you. What will you do? You have to leave your place of comfort and familiarity to step out with God and in God and see that God carries those that he calls. You, you want to see testimonies. You want to see glory. You want to see exciting times. What kind of risk have you taken? Listen, faith is a risk. But you see, it's not just any kind of risk. No, the risk of faith is insured by the blood of Jesus Christ. The risk of faith is insured by the name of Jesus Christ. There is no better insurance policy as the policy that is in the blood of Jesus Christ. It's insured risk. Your guarantees, if you step out, he will carry you. Go take a book. Many of you are crying out for something new in your life. God, do something new. God, I want to see change. God, I want to see a move of the Holy Ghost. The question is, how much have you been willing to let go of and step out? You never know that God does miracles until you're in a place where you need them. If I hadn't stepped out from where I stepped out two years ago, I wouldn't know there was such a place called Golden Bird Events in the Tide for this assignment. You want to see glory? God is asking, you have to trust me for the glory. You've got to believe me for the glory. You can't remain in a place of comfort and think you see glory. Then no, just forget the former things. Isaiah 4, 3, 18 and 19. You've got to learn to forget the yesterday. I know you are a mighty apostle, mighty prophet, mighty teacher, mighty pastor. But God said, forget it. I want to do new things today. I want to give you new memories of who I am today. I am not just I was. No, I am. Moses said, who shall I tell Pharaoh you are? Who will I tell your people that you are? Tell them, not I was, not I will be, I am. God wants to show you he is your healer. He wants to show you he's your provider. He wants to show you he's your protector. He wants to show you he's your peace in the middle of the storm. Can you trust him? The Bible declares in Proverbs 3 verse 5, trust the Lord with all of your heart. Lead not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways. He will direct your path. We tend to trust our feelings. We lean on our understanding. But we have to trust the Lord and lean on to our own understanding. But we trust our understanding. We fail to lean on the Lord. Faith it's a good report producer. It will produce testimonies unending. Saints, you need to determine that these teachings you're hearing are not just going to help to increase your notes for the year, but I, I want to challenge you to determine and desire that your faith is going to be cranked up to the next level. That you are going to believe God for the unbelievable. Because what faith does is that faith sees the invisible. 
Faith sees the unseeable. There's something called the eyes of faith or the eyes of the spirit. When you see what others don't see in the spirit, you can do what they cannot do. So believe God that these teachings will, 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 will bring about discomfort where you are. Make you uncomfortable where you are. That where you are becomes normal. That you will not be satisfied by knowing the God of yesterday only. The God who moved when you're on campus. Who moved when you're on a job five years ago. But the God who is the heir that I am. The God who is a transformer God who can be anything to you you believe him for. I don't know what your situation is this Sunday morning. I don't know what your circumstances this Sunday morning. But I want to encourage you that God is the I am God. Ain't nothing this God cannot do. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. The heavens for his throne. The earth for his footstool. He is your I am that I am. At the graveside of Lazarus. Martha said, well I know in the resurrection. You will do this and that. He said, no. Don't post date me. When I show up, I am. And I'm showing up here now. Lazarus, come forth. I want to declare to somebody under the sound of my voice, ain't no postdating your miracle to resurrection. No, no, no. Not to some future date. Not to some date in the year 2019. Not November. Not October. Not September. Not August. Not even July. Now, if you hear his voice, Harden not your heart as in the day of provocation. Now is the moment for your miracle. Now is the moment for your healing. Now is the moment for your change. Now is the moment for your conception. Somebody shout now. now. Faith is now. Hebrews 11 1 now. Faith is. I see the healing of Almighty God released over somebody right now. His healing virtues erupted in your bones, in your joints, in your ligament. Right now, as Simon Peter preached in the house of Cornelius, the Holy Ghost fell upon those who heard and believed. As I speak the word of God, as I declare the counsel of Abba Father, to those who believe, to those who hear, the Holy Ghost falls upon you to confirm in the name of Jesus Christ. That means somebody is going to walk out of this hall not the same person. Yeah, You are going to walk out knowing that you just moved into a house of transformation. The Bible declares when the Lord doth turn around our captivity, we shall be like them that what? Dream dreams. God to pick it. Everything is changing. Everything is changing. Genes are changing. Oh yeah. Bone structure is changing. Heart condition changing. Liver, kidney changing. Brain cells changing. Somebody shout, I believe, I receive. As Peter spoke in the house of once Cornelius, the Bible declares, and the Holy Ghost fell upon them that heard and believed. The Holy Ghost fell. The Holy Ghost fell. It was said concerning the disciples of old in Mark 16 
18 to 20, that they went about proclaiming the gospel and the Lord went with them, confirming the words they speak with signs, wonders, and miracles. Ha. Isaiah 4, 4, 26, he's a God who confirms the word of his servants, performs the counsel of his messengers. My assignment is to open my mouth and speak. His responsibility is to confirm his word in my mouth. I decree that now is your moment. Faith is a good report producer. Faith is a testimony provoker. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Beloved, faith is the means of translating the several promises the several blessings that God has already made available for you and I in the realm of the spirit to become something concrete, tangible, and real. Faith is a currency of conversion. It's a currency that helps you to move things from one realm to the other realm. It's interesting that you can be so blessed yet not seeing the blessings. So blessed, yet not walking the blessings. So powerful, yet not walking the power. So glorified, yet not walking the glory. But faith is a currency of conversion. Shifting things from the heavenly into the earth plane. Shifting things from the spiritual realm into the earthly dimension. Somebody shout, faith. Just like with any and every currency, the more of the currency you got, it increases your spiritual, oh boy, purchasing power. So here you are complaining, I ain't seen the glory unveiled. Here you are lamenting, I ain't seen what this man of God has been shining for the past six months. But there is somebody by the side, by the front, who is downloading faith and the faith is growing and things are shifting. What's the difference? You fail to get more of the currency. Hebrews 4.2 says that these guys did not walk into rest. Did not walk in the blessings. I'm paraphrasing now because they fail to mix their faith or mix the word spoken by faith. It not profit them. So the word of God that will profit you, listen carefully, listen carefully, is the word you mix with faith. Oh boy. When you're in church, you're in school. You're in school. It's an academy. It's a spiritual academy. We haven't just come to clap, to jump, to dance. No, sir. To feel good, to exchange compliments. No, sir. We came to an academy. We came to class. We came to school. Not just school to fill our minds. It's part of it. But to open our heart and say, Lord, fill me up. Go take a book. Just like a car will go to a service station to be filled up of gas. Likewise, when you come to service, you call it church service. You have to know that God wants to service you. Service your emotions. Service your psyche. Service your body. Service your health. Service your family. But you must open your heart to be serviced and mix the word you hear with faith. God is not going to jump on you and shift you. No. God will change you by the words he speaks. That's what is called the simplicity of the gospel. 
The gospel is too simple that many make it complicated. No, sir, it's so simple. When the word comes, sincerely mix the word with faith. I believe I received that settles it. Faith, a currency of conversion. The Bible declares in Ephesians 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed, somebody say blessed. Oh, wow. Not who will bless. Oh, man, I feel excited. Oh, boy. Who has what? Can somebody say, I am blessed? What is all this thing run up and down? I want to get blessed. You are blessed. How much more can you be blessed? As God said, you are blessed. The only thing is, the blessing which you're blessed with is in spiritual dimension. But you're blessed. Because that realm, is more real than this realm. Why? That realm controls this realm. The invisible is the mother of the visible. The visible is controlled by the invisible. The unseen controls the seen. Because before there was an unseen, there was a, before there was a seen, there was unseen. The seen came from the unseen. The visible came from the invisible. So when the visible is done with, the invisible still remains. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with a few blessings. Many blessings, much blessings, not too major, just a crumb. <laughs> I don't know what all means to you. Uh, uh, all means what? All means all. All means everything. Cruz. What can you think of that is a blessing in your mind this morning? What can you think of a blessing? Stretch your mind wide. Twins, triplets, all. House or car, all. Health, healing, all. Favor, all. But beyond the material blessings, he's blessed you in things that money cannot buy. Favor, anointing. You can't pay for that. Mercy and grace is all. Many times when we hear the word blessing, we limit our thinking to things that are material and concrete. Listen, listen. The, the, the greatest blessing in my life are not things that are concrete. No, the concrete came as a result of the intangible. Oh boy, it was said concerning Jesus Christ in Luke 252 that he grew, he waxed valiant in stature, in, in wisdom and in favor before God and before men. Listen, when God favors you, when God announces you in the heavens, men are under compulsion to favor you. And I want to declare to somebody under the sound of my voice as a participant of this apostolic house and prophetic company that you are the favor of the Lord. Joseph, the hand of the Lord is upon you. Whether you find yourself in the pit, you are favored. Whether you find yourself in the prison or Potiphar's house as a slave boy, you are favored. Somebody said, I am favored. 
Money cannot buy the favor of God. When God smiles upon somebody, hey, 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 I believe. Somebody who believes, Abba Father is smiling upon you right about now. He's not against you, he's for you. Jacob at his older age, he thought and assumed his son Joseph was dead. He lamented, said, Joseph is dead, and Benjamin, my pet, has been taken. He said, All these things they are against me. He failed to understand that Joseph, he thought was dead, was a king in Egypt. That as a matter of fact, the things he thought were against him were for him. Romans 8, 31. What shall we say concerning these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I said that to say this to you, like Jacob. You may think that your being sacked three months ago was against you. Ha. You may think your girlfriend that you dated for six years, seven years, that walked out on you said, I won't marry you anymore, was against you. You may think the way you were born at the back tracks of life. What? Listen, nothing is against you. These things are, are working together for your good. Somebody, anybody, everybody shout, I believe I receive. I believe I receive. You may not feel it, but I believe I receive. Is working together for your word? Good. Don't let the devil intimidate you by your circumstance. No, I'm on a journey. No. This is not my last image or last picture. No, there's a bigger picture before me. Before me, I see myself beyond now. Beyond today, I see there's another day. Beyond the 23rd day of June, I see a brighter day. Tomorrow. These things are not against you. They're not against you. They're not against you. I look back in hindsight. The things that I thought were against me yesterday, they work together for me. You know what? If I didn't walk out from where I walked from, seventh floor, I wouldn't know what I know today. Two years, the God I serve has begun to give me recovery of things I thought I lost for 21 years, working for somewhere else. Two years. Two years. I've seen things I did not see in 21 years. Two years. Recovery. I prophesy to somebody under the sound of my voice, divine recovery. Whatever was lost, you are about to find it. David said, shall I pursue? Shall I recover? God said, pursue. You will overtake. You will recover all. Somebody recover lost time. Somebody recover lost years. Recover lost anointing. Lost favor, lost anointing, lost graces. May your missing axe head be found in the name of Jesus. Nothing's against you. 
No, 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 nothing against you. It's working. It's working. It's working. You, the rejection is working. The refusal is working. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. No! It's working for your good. I don't know how long Hannah waited. Listen to me. Listen to me. I don't know how long Elizabeth waited. Listen to me. But the kind of child Hannah had, when there was no prophetic voice, Eli had gone senile and blind, no slight in Israel again. God said, I want a voice. I want a prophet. I want to carry up my voice. Hannah said, let's sign a deal. You give me a son, I give you your prophet. Penaniah mocked Hannah. Oh, Lokoto Begabo. They're your peers who have been mocking you. Elomanakaboka. The mockery of men shall make you. I speak from my belly as a sent one. The mockings of men shall make you. Their mockings shall be a backdrop for your signing. Somebody shall I believe I receive. A Samuel showed forth on a backdrop of delay. Woman who cried night and day, give me a son. The kind of son you have after that delay can't be normal. It can't be normal. Eh? I can't do, I can't, it will be, you, you'll be surprised if I do a normal ministry. Won't you be surprised? I'll be surprised myself if it's normal. Nothing normal about this place. Elizabeth waited. She was a daughter of Aaron, a prophetess, a woman of God. Husband, a priest, a pastor. Faithful in the Lord's house. Yet, womb closed. On account of the delay, a child came from the old womb of Elizabeth. That person was called the prophet of the highest. The forerunner of the Messiah. The one who announced him and but a voice. I'm not worthy to lose in the light of his son. I'm just a voice. Crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Call the prophet of the highest. How did he come? Old womb. Isaac laughter came from what? Old womb. What am I saying? The delay is not against you. Ah, my biological clock is ticking. Time is against me. I've lost too much time. I, I, I came to tell you, my God and your God is a God that manipulates the time. He can change times. Whoa, he can change seasons. Ask Daniel, I pray this Sunday morning that God will manipulate time. Wow! In your favor. Somebody say yes! You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, 
share your prayer request or testimony or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic.org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth. You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekweme. Second Kings chapter number 2, 3, verse 16. And he said, Thus says the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, Roderick, You shall not see wind. nor shall you see rain. Ha. Yet, that valley in the middle of your drought and dryness shall be filled with water. No wind, no rain, Nothing that shows people that the glory is at the door. But suddenly, like my daughter said, boom. And the valley shall be filled with water. So that you, your cattle, your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter. KJV says about a light thing. In the sight of the Lord, he will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Also you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Here now. now, it happened in the morning, seven days post-dated. You can draw down now if you have the faith. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm drawing down now. When the grain offering was offered, that suddenly water came by way of Edom 
and the land was filled with water. Somebody shout, suddenly. Yeah. First Timothy 6, 12. Are you there? And then Hebrews 4, 11, 12. First Timothy 6, 12. Let's read together. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Hebrews 11, 4, 11 and 12. 1, 2, 3, go. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edges sword, piercing even to the van and asunder of the soul, spirit, and of joints and of marrow, and is a discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. For an assignment, faith for the glory, part number two. Father Lord, bless the reading and the teaching and perhaps the preaching of your word today. We vow always to give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' wondrous name, we have prayed. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. You may please be seated very comfortably in God's wonderful presence. I began a two-part series uh, in the first part of the service, what we call our discipleship and leadership school. I will not be able to rehash the things I said, uh, which form a backdrop of what I will say now, uh, to hear it, listen to it, and uh, catch up to where we are today. Um, we, we stopped at understanding uh, about the subject of the matter of faith that the invisible world rules, dominates over the visible world. The invisible world rules and dominates over the visible world. The Bible declares in Hebrews 11 verse 1 and 2. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3 says, through faith, through faith, we understand that the worlds, worlds were framed by the word of God. All right. So God framed the worlds with his word so that the things which are seen with the physical eyes were not made of things which do appear. Again, we see that very explicit that the visible is mothered and controlled by the invisible. The unseen is the mother of the seen. Simply means, in order for you, especially as a believer, to be able to alter, to change, to transform the visible realm, what you need to do is not to fight in the visible realm, but go higher and go behind the scene or, or yes, behind the scene and above the visible and then into the vis invisible and deal with the invisible to change the visible. Just in the same way as God framed the worlds with his word. Listen carefully, don't miss the point. Said God framed the worlds with his word. Listen, we also have been empowered by God to frame our world with his word. Goloski. We are to frame our world with his word. That means God has not only given you authority to rule and to reign on the earth, but God has also in turn given you responsibility to rule and to reign on the earth. 
Now the Bible declares in 2 Corinthians 4.18 to let you see that the visible is inferior to the invisible. The seen is invisible or the, the unseen, or better still, the seen is inferior to the unseen. He says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we look not at the things which are seen. Somebody say things. Track with me, say things. Seen. Fantastic. But other things, say things, not seen. Stop there. So there are things in the visible world that are seen. But there are also things in the invisible world that are not seen. So there are things. So a thing does not have to be touched or felt. A thing only needs to have life and existence. Oh boy. We look not at the things which are seen with the physical eyes, the version says, but at the things which are not seen with the physical eyes, but are seen with the spiritual eyes. Why? For the things which are seen with the physical eyes, they are temporal. The word temporal means within change. They are changeable, right? But the things which are not seen with the physical eyes, but are seen with the spiritual eyes, are eternal. So it means, beloved, everything you are experiencing now is all terrible. Your circumstance is changeable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your situation is changeable. Yeah, yeah. Your last medical report is all terrible. Your last legal report is changeable. So the Bible asks, whose report shall you believe? It will seem that there are more than one report. They are the report of people, but there is the report of God. And his report tells me that I am healed, whilst the doctor's report may tell me something contrary to the report of God's word. I now have a choice, whether I will lean my weight on the report of God, believe God, stand with God, or I will believe the report of the doctor, the report of the banker, the report of the lawyer, and put my weight on that report. Either which way I tilt my faith, that will be my continual experience. But the Bible declares that when we believe the report of the Lord, that his hand of power is stretched in our direction. So for you to experience the power of God revealed, unveiled to you, you must agree with his word. So the Bible declares in Romans 3 verse 4, track with me now, it's going to get sweet, that let God be true. Let every man or every report of man be a lie. The Bible declares that God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Listen. What God has spoken in his mouth, his hands are more than able to bring them to pass. I believe that you and I are going to step 
into the next half of the year, journey through the year to December or December. On the last day of December, you are going to look back. Listen, at the 12 months of the year, your testimony shall be, he has done all things well, and left nothing undone. I don't know who I am prophesying to already now, but there is something about the halftime of any game. You see, the halftime is a game-changing moment. I, listen, my spirit is awakening right now. I'm asking myself, what is the coming attraction in the year 2019 from the first, first, second half of the year? And this word popped into my heart to share with you. You will not see rain. You will not see the clouds gather necessarily. Why? The God of divine the God of divine suddenly is, a, is about to visit your alley. He's about to visit your home. He's about to visit your family. About to visit your mind. Visit your money. Visit your health. Your body. Visit your marriage. The God of divine suddenly is about to show up right where you are. I believe in the coming half of the year, it shall be said that the same is declared that when the Lord turn around our captivity, we shall be like them that don't dream dreams. Listen, oh boy, get ready. God, Jesus said to Nathaniel, you've seen something, you will yet see great things. Let me prophesy to you, Roger, as one sent to you, carrying the voice of God for you and to you. You will yet see great things before this year is over. Kapoka, somebody shout a big amen. The obstacles will turn for you as stepping stones to the miraculous. Oh, Shakapokapa, the limits are going to be broken. The chains are going, wow, going to be cut asunder. The ceiling, the veil is about to be torn. There is an anointing that tears veils. I believe the veil, the ceiling, the cup, wow, the covering cast over your life and your destiny is about to be blown away. Shame is about to be blown away. Why? The glory umbo is on his way. Somebody shout, I believe I receive. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I hear the sound of the glory of the Lord. Somebody's garment is about to change. You will go to your office in the second half and realize everything somehow, I don't know, I don't know why, began to be rearranged. Why? You are in a new season of change. Shout, yes, I believe. Everything is about to change. The amplified version, I feel something here. Father, arise. Let every enemy of this garden be scattered now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Can you dance the dance of the second half of the year? Do some jiggle. Some praise for the second half. It's called an advanced praise. How will you dance in July? August, September. 
October, November, December. What kind of dance? A two-step? Wow. Oh, my, 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 my. Joy in somebody's house. The sound of wedding bells. Fresh anointing. I hear keys. How will you dance? Second half. Lord will give you an advanced praise. Advanced praise. It's prophetic. Advanced praise. Your healing. Your health is bringing forth. Spirit. of the spirit does not make sense. Some of you are watching. What are they doing? You don't understand. You don't understand. We are seeing what you don't see. We are dancing in advance. We are giving God glory and by so doing, our faith is strengthened to embrace the great future that God has in store for us. Somebody said, I believe, I receive. I believe, I receive. Hallelujah. You may be seated in God's wonderful presence. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Wow. The amplified version of 2 Corinthians 4.18, I read to your hearing. It says, so we look, wow, not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not, are unseen, beg your pardon. For the things which are visible are temporal, listen carefully, just brief and fleeting. But the things which are invisible, so their things are invisible, they are everlasting and imperishable. As we look at the creation story in Genesis 1, we see how God did it. And by the way, how God did it is how God expects for you and I to do it. Why? Ephesians 5.1 says that we are to be followers of God. Another version, I believe it's NIV or NLV, says we are to be imitators of God. So we're not only to follow God as God is our shepherd, we follow him, but we're to imitate him. The first level of learning for a child is to imitate. In the first few years, it is said in the first seven years in particular, mostly the learning process of a child is by observing and imitating those around him. So, as we look at Genesis 1, we see how our God did it and we're to imitate him the same way he did it. Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without 
storm and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. You would have thought that in this particular moment that heaven will feel we are in a crisis mode. Nothing is working on the earth. Darkness on the earth. But the Bible says, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. If only you can get the attention of the Holy Ghost in your situation and circumstance, you can declare his word, that thing is about to change. The spirit hovered. Just like the Holy Ghost is hovering over your marriage. Hovering over your health condition. Hovering over your financial condition. But what God expects you to do is to imitate God. Don't panic. Don't pull out your hair. What you need to do is to speak the word. Close mouth, you've heard me say over and over, is tantamount to close destinies. Many a time, we are one word away to our next breakthrough. Yeah, one word away. The question will be, will you be daring, audacious enough to declare the one word? To declare that this is not my last day. Kato kika. To declare that I'm a man on a journey. This is not my last picture. I am work in progress. To declare that I know my best days are still in front of me. How do I know that? Because God said it in his word. He said in Proverbs 4.18 that the path of a just man, and I'm born again, I'm just. Not just because I am perfect, I'm sinless or spotless. No, just because I'm blood washed, I'm blood bought. I'm just, the Bible says, the path of a just man shines brighter and brighter and brighter. Listen, are you 70 and 80? You're winding down. You can't wind down. Said at old age, you will be fruitful. Have you heard about the boy called Moses? At 120, this boy, his eyes were not dim. No goggles, no glasses. His physical force was not abated. Guess what? Moses twice was in the mountain 40 days before the Lord. I believe there's something about being before the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord, whether old, whether young, they that wait upon the Lord, what? Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will run. They will not faint. They will walk. Listen, the key to strength is God's presence. What you eat is important, not that important. Exercise is very good, not that important. Listen, the most important thing is that clock in with the Holy Ghost. It's not what you do in church once a day on Sunday. Some of you Sunday, Sunday, day, you need revival. You don't show up on Wednesday. You don't show up in prayer meetings. Listen, the more you show up in corporate gatherings, there is a download in every meeting. 
there is something God is doing in every meeting that is line upon line upon line. He's building a picture. You miss one service, you've got to play catch up. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Isaiah 40, 31. What did God do? God said, let there be light. The same creative words with which God created the heavens and the earth, he placed in our mouths to also frame our world with his word. You can frame your world with his word. You can frame your marriage with his word. Frame your business with his word. When men say there is a casting down, you frame your business by declaring, for me and my household, there is a lift when men say the Nigerian economy is down, it's bleak. Can anything good come out of Nigeria? He said, no. Water is coming from the rock for a people of covenant. He said, he will make a way in the wilderness. He'll cause water to flow in the desert. My case is different. There is a covenant of exemption over God's own people. Oh, in Goshen, uh, yeah, the storms that came upon the other part doesn't come upon them. No, there is a preservation of God's people. Listen, you are under a covenant that cannot be broken. Psalm 89.34 says, My word will I not alter, neither will I break the covenant I've made with you. What God said with his mouth, his hand is powerful enough to bring to pass. Say, say, Psalm 1072, let the redeemer of the Lord say, so. you are one word away to your next level. I, I pray you believe these words. I pray you hear these words. Jesus illustrated what I'm teaching you on a particular day in Mark 11. He was hungry, the Bible says. I didn't say so. The Bible says so. He saw a fig tree with leaves. Happily, as KJV says, he came to it thinking he would find fruit there. He didn't find fruit there. And then he cursed. He cursed the tree. He cursed the tree. And he moved on. As though nothing happened. The Bible records, by the next morning, as they passed through the same place, one of the disciples said, Master, is it not the fig tree that you cursed only yesterday? The Bible declares that fig tree dried up from the root. And with that illustration, he taught the disciples, verse 22, have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God then shows how the faith of God operates if thou shall say 
to the mountain. Be thou removed. And you see it strong, audacious enough, without doubting in your heart. Thou shall have what you have said. Thou shall have what you have said. When you say it, you believe it, and you receive it. But oftentimes, there is a time period between when you receive it to when you what? Have it. Oh, did you get, did you, are you here? Oh, yeah, yeah. See, if you don't receive it by faith, you will not have the opportunity to have it by faith. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. So we begin to understand in the school of faith, there is a difference between ownership and possession. Track with me. It is possible, listen now, to own something you are yet to possess. Are you here? What it takes for me to own something is to have a legal document with my name on it. So I could own a land. Okay, let me give you, let me be practical. My father of blessed memory, I won't go into all the details, but left me a few things here and there. <laughs> my brother is here. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now, right now, we have the documents of the title deed of what he left us. But we are yet to take physical possession for certain circumstances of what we have title of. So there are tenants in the house that belongs to me. I don't live in the house that belongs to me yet. If I want to live there, uh, if I'm ever going to live there or take possession, I have to wait for their tenancy to expire. Then choose whether to renew their tenancy or to kick them out and move into the house that belongs to me. Listen, in the realm of the spirit, if you're a child of God, blood washed, blood bought by virtue of redemption, the Bible calls you not only an heir of God, Romans 8, 16 and 17, but calls you a joint. Hey, hey. is it in the Bible? The Bible calls you a joint heir. Oh boy, oh boy. An heir is somebody who has title or inheritance. But you see, there is no guarantee that if you're an heir, that you've taken possession. Huh, track with me. Galatians 4, 1 and 2. The Lord put the heir under tutors and governors. The, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, a child, 
deferreth nothing from a servant, though he be what? Okay, now listen. How can you be Lord of all and still be a child? Verse number two, I'll tell you how. But it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. I thought you said he was an heir and he has all things. The issue is this. As long as the heir is a child, he does not have what it takes to take possession. It belongs to him. Healing belongs to you. Rest belongs to you. All kinds of blessings with your name on it in redemption belongs to you. But because you own it legally, in the spirit it has your name on it. Does not guarantee that you have already taken possession. Are you here now? Oh my, 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 my. So your responsibility as a child that's an heir is to grow up. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't grow up, there's stuff with your name on it that you will not walk in by way of actual possession until you grow up into them. You grow up in faith. You grow up in revelation knowledge. You grow up in wisdom. You grow up in stature to take what belongs to you. Are you here? Are you here? But you see, it's also possible, to, to your surprise, to be in possession of something that you don't own. Like the tenants I mentioned to you in my house. They are presently in possession of what they don't have a title deed on. But they're in possession. This is what happened when God said, I'm taking you from Egypt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Through the wilderness. And I'm bringing you into Canaan. When you come to Canaan, you have a responsibility and an authority. What is it? I have given you Canaan. I'm not about to give you Canaan. I have given you healing. I can't die again to make you healed. I've blessed you with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Ephesians 1 3. There's nothing I, God, can do to increase the blessing. My son has died, he's risen triumphantly. You got it. But what you need to do is to take possession. <laughs> and one of the things you do in taking possession sometimes is to evict the current person or persons who has possession. So we said to them, you will have need needs to evict the people in Canaan. 
So the Bible calls this now to possess your possession. How can I have a possession that I'm to possess? Because the first word possess, or better still, the second word your possession speaks of the legal content and legal context. It belongs to you. Wow. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. The lifting is yours. The healing is yours. The breakthrough is yours. The twins, the triplet, they're yours. Anything imaginable within the context of the scripture in New Testament is yours. But you must possess your possession. How do I do that? By faith. Are you here? Are you here? It's by faith that you take what belongs to you. The legal side is pretty much sorted out. It's a done deal. God has sorted you out. Yeah, it's a done deal. But the side we're to be concerned about is the aspect of responsibility. You know, I, I began to study in recent times and God was showing me a few things about the mind. I was doing a bit of study about the mind and he said to me, my son, you're asking me to do for you what I've empowered you to do for yourself. I didn't say I will renew your mind. I said, you renew your mind. Oh boy. I said, what do you mean? He said, you see, I made man in my image and likeness. I didn't want to make robots. I made man in a God class. This might blow your mind, but it's scripture, by the way. Don't throw stones at me. It's in the Bible. Let us make man in our image and likeness. Am I correct? It's in the Bible. And said, all I've done is to present to you good and evil, life and death. You choose. Said, I'm not going to renew your mind for you because it's your mind. He took me to Genesis and said, have you read in Genesis where I planted the garden of Eden, listen carefully, and I put man in the garden. Genesis 2.15 said he put man in the garden, listen, to till the garden, to keep it. The word keep is to guard. Till, tend, keep, God. What? That is both authority and responsibility. Wow. Psalm 115 verse 16. The earth has the Lord given to the children of men. The heaven and the heavens belong to God. But the earth he has given to the children of men. That means the responsibility of the government of the earth has been given to you. To guard it. To keep it. To tend it. To preserve it. From any external force is given to you. It's both authority and responsibility. If you are going to walk into your Canaan, you need to do so by faith. By faith. By faith.
by faith. There was no other way to enter Canaan except by faith. The Bible declares. Zechariah 4 says that. Not by power. Not by might. But by my spirit, says the Lord. Who art thou, O mountain, to stand before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt come tumbling down with shouts of grace. Grace. It will take grace and faith to come into your kingdom. Let me put it this way. As we think about glory unveiled, there is a faith you require for the glory. Kote the glory is beyond what you can labor or toil for. It takes faith. It takes faith. You must believe that God loves you enough to make available his glory to you. Remember we learned some Sundays ago that the foundation of true faith is love. Galatians 5 verse 6. Faith works by love. So your knowing God loves you becomes the foundation to believe God. It's easy to believe who loves me. I don't struggle to doubt or to believe my wife. I know she loved me for 20 years. She loves me. Stuck with me for 21 years. So when you know the love of God, it's easy to believe God. The land is yours for the taking. It will require faith. To require faith. Two steps to possess your possessions. Number one, you have to know what is rightfully yours. What is rightfully yours. Aha! When you know your right, when you know what you have ownership over, yeah, you can fight for it. Because I know my biological father left me a document with a title deed with my name on it. No tenant who has possession can harass me. Oh boy. Do you, you get that? When you know your papa's will includes health, vigor, success, if that word success angers you, it's in the Bible. I'll give you Bible. Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shall meditate therein day and night, that thou may observe to do the word of God. And by so doing, you will make your way prosperous and God will give you what the Bible calls good success. That must be good success and bad success. The one God brings, God will keep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The one God brings will not lord it over you. You'll be the master. Oh yeah. The one men bring will lord over you. Instead of driving the car, the car will drive you. Instead of wearing the shoe, the shoe will wear you. Do you know some people, the shoes are wearing them? They can't sweat in their dress. The dress is wearing them. 
You scratch the car, they will cost you, beat you, fire you. Only car, metal. They didn't drive the car. The car is driving them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I told God, I don't want to have anything in my possession. I can't lay down for you. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So from time to time, I scan around my house. Watches, clothes, bags, and cars. I scan in the spirit. I said, God, is there anyone that is becoming an idol? Let me lay it down. Uh, that's how to live. You see, if you don't live this way, this, this, this prosperity that it will catch you, mama will overtake your heart. You won't even know when iron, you're bowing down before iron, tinklets, jewels, jewelry, worshiping, oh my master. You think you're bound before God? No, you're bound before watch. You can't serve God and mammon. You must be careful not to allow mammon to take one inch of space in your heart. Lay down. That's the power of sacrifice. When God calls for sacrifice, many times he wants to save your soul from idolatry. People are worshiping shoes. It's, it's foolish, but it's true. In those old days, it's bowing down to trees and uh, metal. But now, it's just suit, shirt, car, house. There are some kind of material blessings I don't want, I don't desire. I don't desire them. Unless they take me from my God. The Bible says, if your eyes be single, your body will be full of light. I want my eyes to be single on the Lord. Please, fight to save your soul. This world we live in is wicked. The devil doesn't only have wickedness as we know it to be. No. He brings what appears to be good to distract believers. You have 10 watches or 10 phones, I beg your pardon. 10 phones is that amount to distract. It's just, that is clear distraction. One, two, three, four. Are you going? What are you doing? How will you feel comfortable in your house? There are 10, 10 cars. 10 cars here. I'm a prosperous. How? How? 10 cars. How do you do it? Once, a, once every day. No, let's consider our ways. Prosperity message has lured people to idolatry, covetousness, and greed. We don't even see those who are needed anymore. It's me, myself, and I. I'm prospering. The songs we sing, my God is bigger than your God. That's, that's, that's a bad song. Your God is not bigger than my God. It's the same God. That statement makes me become covetous. I want your own God. I'm sorry to say, forgive me. You know, I'm a rough preacher. You should live a life that you can close your eyes and sleep well. You set your conscience. You know, I admire those people who are very, they must be very mature in the spiritual. They can have very many, many things and still serve the Lord. <laughs> I don't know, I don't have, I don't know, Shai. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, simplicity, purity, humility is key to power. Simplicity. I said to you, the devil doesn't only bring bad things as we know. No, he brings things that appear to be blessings. Please, if all you heard God say to my mouth today is, go home and scan your house. Scan your car lot. Scan your jewelry. Scan your wardrobe. Scan your bank account. Are there things perhaps God has been calling for but you just refuse to hear? They may be contending for his place in your heart. I close with this point. When you know what you own, you can fight for what 
you possess. So step one, to know is yours. How do I know? The Bible is God's will to me. Wow. His promises, they're yes and they're amen. Just open it up. You have to learn what belongs to you. When I know it belongs to me, ownership, I can contend in faith, by faith, for what belongs to me. Wow. Is that simple enough? How do I contend? Same way you got born again. Same way you contend. Romans 10, 8 to 10. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Simple principle. That Jesus is Lord, that shall be saved. With a heart, man believes unto righteousness. Right? 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 So, believe, confess. That's faith. Believe, confess. That's faith. I believe, I declare. That's faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 We having the same spirit of faith. Having believed, we speak. So, faith believes and faith speaks. Faith declares what faith owns and stands the ground of faith until what you own becomes your possession. Wow. 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 That's why it's called the fight of faith. Why? There is someone resisting you from switching from ownership to possession. So you must stand your ground. You must stand firm. What are you standing on? Stand on the word. Don't stand on, on political statements and philosophy and psychology and all the drama. No. Under pressure and test, those things will give way. It's only if you stand on the word that those things will not, will not fail. Since the glory of a man is like a flower that fadeth. The leaf, flesh of a man like a grass that withereth. But the word of God abideth forever. If you build your life on the word, the storm will come and it's coming. The billow will come, it's coming. The tempest will come and it's coming. But if you're built on the word, and it takes time to build your life on the word. Stand firm, believe it, confess it, declare it. Then the storms won't blow you away. Can you lift your hand up where you are and say, Lord, grace, grace to fight the good fight of faith. Wow. I will not be of them that drop back. Grace to persevere. Grace to endure to the end. Are you praying that prayer? Are you praying that prayer? Please pray for 30 seconds. Lord, grace. Shandaga Boska. Remember, it's not by power, not by might. But by my spirit, says the Lord. Lord, we receive help to walk in faith and by faith. The Bible declares that whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Romans 14, 31. We want to walk in righteousness. We want to walk in faith. Oh yes, let our faith please you, oh God. As a church, we thank you for faith, for the coming glory. We believe glory unveiled is a reality. We express our faith for it, oh God. We will not miss you. Will not miss your visitation of power. Echo back up. We believe it's about to rain again. We believe, we believe the cloud is gathering. The showers are about to pour. We believe our change is coming. We believe. We believe the former and the latter rain is about to be released over our lives. We believe, oh God. So galos conduct. 
Somebody believes you for healing this hour. Believes you for a transformation this hour. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at r-h-o-g-i-c dot o-r-g. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth. You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekweme. Once you're still standing, I have about 15 minutes. Turn together with me to Joshua chapter number one. Stand for two, three minutes with the man of God and then you can be seated. Joshua chapter number one. And if you will please put a bookmark in Deuteronomy chapter number two as we dethrone one or two of your enemies. <laughs> dethrone your enemy. Joshua 1, I will read from the Amplified Version Multimedia. Just two verses, 10 and 11. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, Go throughout the camp and command the people saying prepare your provisions <laughs> for within three days you are to cross this river Jordan to go in to take possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess as an inheritance. Will you look into the eyes of your neighbor? Tell them there's a land for your taking. There is a land for your taking. I believe that land will be taken in the second half of the year. There is a city to be conquered, a nation. I feel glory already. There is a land to be taken. There are stuff with your name on it. Honey, money, wife, husband, daughter, children. I don't know what. Fresh oil, fresh mantle. But something has got your name on it. Ay, 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 ay. Uh, 
worship three days three days it sounds like the praise feast were on all right now Deuteronomy chapter number 2 verse 24 and 25 ah yeah yeah now arise continue on and go through the valley of Anon look I have handed over to you Sihon the Amorite the king of Hezbon and his land um, begin from tonight uh, there's a word for somebody begin I don't know where you were in the year 2019 but mark today you're to begin what are you to begin begin to take possession of it I feel glory and fight with him in battle <laughs> this day not tomorrow not yesterday somebody shout this is my day uh, this day I will begin to put the dread and the fear of you on the people the pagans under the whole heaven who when they hear the reports about you will tremble and be in anguish because of you somebody shout today is my day a brief assignment I'm praising my way into glory land I'm praising my way into glory land father we thank you for your word that is already blessed now bless the exaltation and the teaching of this word we vow to give you the praise the glory and the honor in Jesus victorious name we have prayed somebody shout amen like a mighty thunder can you give me seven amens like a thunder? Amen. 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 Come on. Amen. Amen. For the last time. Amen. Clap your hands, all ye saints. Shout to your God with a voice of triumph. <laughs> Whilst you're seated, touch your neighbor, tell them I'm about to praise my way into glory land. <laughs> For those who were in church on Sunday morning, I began to share a few thoughts that I believe that God is doing in this season and in the coming season. I began to make us understand that beyond us coming into a change of season by way of the Gregorian calendar moving from the sixth month of June to the seventh month of July uh, beyond all of that because anything I mean you can move from one day to the other nothing really happens but, but, but there is a marker in the spirit that God is releasing because God is said to do some things that perhaps you haven't seen him do in your life before I believe, beloved, we are coming into a Kairos moment. A Kairos moment is a pocket of time that God has designed, designated to do, achieve, accomplish certain things in the lives of his people. Kairos moment. A Kairos moment was such as what happened in John chapter 5 where the time will come when an angel will come to steer the pool of Bethesda. It was a Kairos moment. And the first that jumped in was guaranteed of full healing. I'm so thankful we are not anymore under the law, but we are under grace. So the Kairos moment is when the Lord speaks his word. So the Bible says, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation when you hear the word. That means when you hear the word today, it's your now. 
said on Sunday, don't post date or don't defer the blessing God has assigned for today. Somebody shout, there is a blessing with my name on it. I didn't hear you sound like you don't believe what you're saying. Like a thunder, there is a blessing with my name on it. <laughs> Saints, I believe with all of my heart that we're coming into the season of the manifestation of the reality of the prophetic mandate over your life called glory unveiled. <laughs> you are about to move from expectation to manifestation. You're about to move from explanation to manifestation. You are about to move from dreams to reality. <laughs> Son Joseph, you are about to wake up from your dream. What dream that is a king in you? You are going to find yourself in the palace. Somebody said, that sounds like me. I just believe the first half of the year is preparatory for what God is going to do in the second, the best, and the last half of the year. Not just about a calendar, don't get me wrong, but a Kairos moment. Ah, you have to understand, beloved, we need to steer our expectations like never before. Why? Expectation is the mother of the miraculous. That's why you see a woman who says, I am pregnant. You don't quite see when she's pregnant. The first trimester, her tummy may be flat, but she's still pregnant. But I lie not. When she moved to the ninth month, you don't need a prophet to tell you that this mama jamma is not just pregnant, but she is expecting. There are some of you who got pregnant January 1, February, March, April, May, June. But, but can I tell you, you're about to move from just being pregnant to declare, I'm expectant. I don't know about you. I'm carrying babies in my womb. Baby to Toronto. Babies to Houston. Babies to London, UK. I'm carrying stuff here. And I believe the water is about to break. Your water is about to break. Oh, your dreams are about to become what? Reality. Somebody said, that's me right there. Expectation. The Bible declares in Proverbs 23, 18, for surely, <laughs> this ain't no guesswork, this no gambling, this ain't no DV, American DV lottery, no sir, not chance, not luck, no, surely, there is an end, surely, without doubt, there is an end. I prophesy over you, baby. An end to your trouble is here. An end to your difficulty. An end to the billows, storms, tempests. An end to dryness. Spiritual dryness. Financial dryness. Marital dryness. Surely there's an end. Cut and the expectation of the just. The just is the righteous. You know, I am preaching because something is doing, something they do me for belly. The expectation of the just will not be cut short. What are you expecting for the second half of the year? I see glory unveiled. I see the prophecy spoken over you come to pass, be a reality. Somebody said, I believe I receive. 
You will touch the prophecy. You will walk the prophecy. You will handle the prophecy. You will eat the prophecy. You will dance the prophecy. You will wear the prophecy. You will live the prophecy. You will fly the prophecy. Somebody say fire. Ah, the degree of your expectancy or your expectation would largely determine the degree of the manifestation you probably will experience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The truth be told is that your God and my God has spoken all manners of prophecies over your life individually, over our lives corporately. You know, well, when I go back, I read, I hear what God said he would do in my life, what God said he would do in your life. Listen, they are mind-boggling. How can God say the time will come when 10% of the shakers and the movers and the influencers in the nation Nigeria will have their roots in this apostolic center? Mind-boggling, but I believe I'll receive. I'm seeing snippets. I'm seeing the ear blade. Now the corn is coming forth. One of my sons, first time member of the house of assembly. Oh, not by fumbling, not by wumbling, but by divine providence. Rose up to become the deputy speaker of the house of assembly. First time in his life. That sounds like a sign for somebody here. The kings are rising. The queens are rising. The mighty men of valor, they are rising. The women of integrity, they are rising. The governors, let me declare to you, His Excellency. Oh, you don't want to believe that. You don't want to believe that. You don't want to believe that. Let me declare again, if you dare to believe, from your man of God, his royalty. You don't want to believe that. Moguls and tycoons and multi-millionaires, not because you love money, because you know you are a treasurer of this end time. You are out to be a war chest against the kingdom of darkness. Not about your belly, not about a house or car. No, you want to be used as a channel of glory of God. Hanging prophecies. I came to tell you those words you heard are about to become a reality. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Don't put them off as sounding impossible. No, 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 no. I'm persuaded if God said it, God is more than able to bring it to pass. Romans 3, 4. Let God be true and every man, every devil, every deacon, every demon, every man be a liar. Bible declares in 1 Thessalonians 5.24, faithful is he, oh by a few glory, that has called you who also, what? Will do it. The caller is the backer. The caller is the doer. Have you heard a word? What the mouth of your God spoke over you. His hand is about to perform. There's royalty in you. There's royal blood. Blue blood running in your veins. There is a king in you. There is a queen in you. Somebody shout, yes, I believe. I want to share with you the modus operandi of God. God will speak and then God will perform. Mm. 
You have to learn that about your father. He will speak and then he will perform. What his mouth has declared, his hand will ultimately perform. Can somebody say, I believe God. My redeemer liveth. In spite of the trouble, the test, the tempest, the storm, the billow, I may be facing right now. I believe my redeemer liveth. The Bible declares in the book of Genesis, the very first chapter, and God said, and God saw. God said, and God saw. Before he saw what he said, he said what he said. So thank God for the prophecy. Hold the word. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah was said concerning Sarah in Genesis 21 and the Lord graciously remembered and visited Sarah as he had said the visitation came on the back of what God had said guess what and the Lord did for her as he had promised beloved God will not visit you or God will not do something that he hasn't spoken and I don't mean an audible voice from heaven but a word from the Bible in other words God speaks then God will perform so when God speaks get excited it's not a man that he will love neither is it the son of man that he will I want to challenge you tonight as we go into a moment of radical praise and worship. Keep your switch of faith turned on. Okay. You will need it. Is it not interesting as a church family, God began to deal with us in the past few days and weeks regarding this subject matter of faith, faith for the glory. I begin to understand more than before that is going to take your faith to bring you into your Canaan. Help me, Lord Jesus. It's going to take your faith to ultimately possess what you own legally in Christ. Faith. Somebody shout faith. Ah. Somebody under the sound of my voice, you may be asking, man of God, how shall these things come to pass? The very same question that Mary asked in Luke 134. And I want to give you the answer and the response the angel gave to Mary. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? How shall I move from zero to hero? How shall I move from being sick to being whole? How shall I move from where I am, my address, my location, whether geographically or whether spiritually, to where God ordered? How? Said, seeing that I don't know a man. In other words, I don't have the connection. I don't have the money. I don't have the network. I don't have the degree of pedigree. I don't have anything. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost. I feel like running around this hall now. The Holy Ghost. Not good heart. Not mama. Not papa. Not husband. Not wife. Not pope. 
not apostle, not his excellency, the governor, the no, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a game changer, and the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow, shall brood over you. Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Beloved, I want to declare to you in these three days, by the mercy, by the grace of God, you already know it is true. The Holy Ghost shall be hovering. The Holy Ghost shall be brooding. And as the Holy Ghost broods over you, there's going to be an incubation of a seed within you. That word that came as a prophecy is going to hatch the egg is going to crack and the life in the egg is about to come out I want to prophesy to you as you come into the better half of the year get ready for manifestation get ready for the reality of your dreams get ready for God to do what he said he will do in your life not by your power not by your mind but by my spirit says the Lord. your responsibility is to keep the switch of faith turned on believe God ah, no, no, no. Ah, yeah. nothing too hard for God to do track with me I know I'm taking more time than I, I, I was given but it's okay that's why I think I'm called your pastor your father in the faith if you like the apostolic lead of this story you know what I'm saying I can move on the Holy Ghost I'm led if God has preached all night I will preach all night It takes faith to come into your promised land. It's been said of the highest expression of faith is praise. Praise. It was said concerning Abraham. He was not weak in faith. He gave glory unto God. Three levels of praise. You can praise God for yesterday's deeds. Thanksgiving. You can praise God for today. For what Abba Father is doing today. It's called praise. But, but, but I want to provoke you into the third dimension of praise. You can praise God in advance. As though you've stepped into July 1. And the rain has begun to pour. As he said. It's called an advanced praise. If you like, it's called a sacrificial praise. That means I haven't seen it yet, but I believe God and I want to dance like I believe him. Our text, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, go throughout the camp and command the people saying, prepare, prepare, prepare. Roger home and our families who have joined us tonight who are not part of this local assembly prepare your provisions for within seven days three days praise feast you are to cross the river Jordan what are you crossing the river for to go and play games no to possess ha! to possess to possess to possess 
to possess of the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess as an inheritance. In Deuteronomy, that God said, it is time for you to fight. Why do you fight? You fight for what God has already given you. As far as God is concerned, he has given you the land. Oh, Kule Balaga. He has sorted out your marital destiny. Your health is sorted out. Your breakthrough is sorted out. But you have to fight. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not natural. They're not physical. They're not material. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I want to address two weapons tonight. The weaponry of faith. The Bible declares in 1 John 5, 4, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We are going to steer our faith. The next weapon is praise. Praise is power for a race. Joshua was assembled to praise God against three armies. Guess what? God arose with a mighty ambush. Saints, as you praise God like never before, angels are coming down here on your behalf. Your wall of Jericho will be pushed down by angels. You will step into your kingdom. Somebody shout, yes, I believe. If you're set to possess your possession, rise on your feet in anticipation. Clap those hands and celebrate your God. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic.org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth. You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekweme. Kodomo no no, tukiribela no no, putikiti. 
a season is about to close. I tell you. The flow of the issue of blood is about to be truncated. And on and on his. The flow of the issue of blood is about to be stopped. <laughs> Whatever curse hounded you for six months under this open heaven ceases. You are going to sleep. You will wake up into a new day. It won't just be the dawning of a new day. It shall be for you the changing of seasons. Because your dreams are about to become a reality. Joseph, their dreams you carried for long. I came under heaven to announce to you that your season of coming into the palace is around the corner. Joshua 1, lengthy text, very deliberate. Verses 1 to 16, let's read as a family. Let's go now. Now Jericho was strictly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor and you shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thus shall that do six days, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast, with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said unto them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on, come past the city, and let him that is armed pass on before the Ark of the Lord. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people, that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumpets. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priest that blew with the trumpets and the re-reward came after the ark, the priest going on and blowing with the trumpets 
and Joshua had commanded the people saying you shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout then shall you shout so the ark of the Lord compassed the city going about it once and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp and Joshua rose early in the morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord and seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets and the armed men went before them but the reward came after the ark of the Lord the priest going on and blowing with the trumpets and the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp so they did six days and it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city to the same manner times only that in that day they compassed the city seven times and it came to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpets Joshua said unto the people shout for the Lord have given you the city what a prophetic sound bite shout for the Lord has given you the city. Verse 20 says, So the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass as it will come to pass shortly. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout, please listen, that the wall fell down flat so that people, the people went up into the city. Every man straight before them and they took the city. An assignment this morning. Shout, the land is yours for the taking. The land is yours. You are still keeping quiet. You are still keeping quiet. I said the land, the marriage ceremony. The next level anointing, the house, the car, the lifting, the shifting, the breakthrough, the turnaround. What is your land? I came to announce to you this morning, the land is yours for the taking. But you've got to shout. Father, we thank you for the awesome privilege gather under this open heavens. Your word is blessed. The reading thereof is blessed. 
I beseech you, my Father, to take a coal of fire, anoint the lips and the tongues of clay of this seven son of yours, that today I will come to your people with a thus saith the Lord. Go beyond my frailties, my shortcomings, and my inadequacies. Help me to speak your counsel. With us always, to give you alone the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name we have prayed. Somebody shout a big amen. Wow. Beloved, Thanksgiving has been said to be the application for more. We must be deliberate and very intentional on a day like this to give our God praise and thanks for his kindness, his goodness, his love and kindness, his faithfulness over us even when we were unfaithful. He's kept us. He's preserved us. He has protected us. He has provided for us supernaturally in six months of the year. Especially in an economy as ours where we are quite obviously challenged in many ways more than one. Whether we speak of the difficulty of just surviving as it were for the average Nigerian. The challenge we have our security in our nation, our economy that has been battered over the years. To stand on the last day of the sixth month of the year alive and well uh, is indicative that God has shown you and shown me mercy. We become more assured as a people of faith that the path of a just man is guaranteed to shine brighter and brighter even to the day of perfection. So the Bible declares in Proverbs 4.18 that the path of a just man shines brighter and brighter even to the day of perfection. As the Lord Jesus spoke to Nathaniel in John 1, Nathaniel, you will yet see greater things than these. I believe the Lord is saying to us as a people of faith, as a people of covenant, as a people who understand that our God is not limited to the climate. No, sir. He doesn't consult economies to bless a people. He doesn't consult your past to bless you in your future. He needs no need to go to your yesterday to sort you out in your future. God is both the Alpha, He's the Omega, and is everything in between the first and the last, the beginning and the ending. That's the God we serve. That God assures us by covenant that He will never leave us nor forsake us. Things may be Seeming turning upside down, rough and tumble, challenging, difficult, tempestuous, stormy. But God said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. He is the fourth man in the fire. Even when the enemy thinks he's able to throw you, thrust you into Nebuchadnezzar's fire, he said seven times, God said, I will be the fourth man in your fire. We must be grateful, thankful, but not just that, but also expectant and anticipatory that our best days are just about to begin. Your amen sounds very, very, it's on one leg. Can somebody give me a two-legged amen? Hallelujah. I said that to say this, that I believe that you and I are in what I call a changing of seasons. Talk with me, please. 
We are in a changing of seasons. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So you have to be very, very sensitive in the spirit to locate, to track what God is doing and what God is saying. Please, I want to challenge us this beautiful day. Don't miss your carous moment. Don't. Don't. Don't miss the steering of the pool of Bethesda in this time. Don't be casual. Don't be careless. Anybody who has any wealth of spiritual sensitivity can tell in the past few months of the year, the past few weeks of the year, the past few days of the year, literally heaven has been pushing us into a precipice, into a turning point. You can tell the cloud has been filling and literally the cloud is about to release rain over us. You can tell that something wonderful is about to happen. You can tell it. You see, last night, I was so sure before I slept, I was going to preach a particular message. And truth be told, I will confess, I slept around 1 a.m. When I woke up this morning, truth be told, 3.45 a.m. <laughs> to prepare my heart again to reflect on what I wrote and thought I would preach, there was a switch can be challenging. A switch. The Lord drew my attention to Joshua chapter 6. Wow. And I believe it is from here he'll have me not only preach to you, please listen, I beg of you, not only teach you what clearly is the word of God, we must do that, but Beyond teaching and preaching of a good sermon, please listen. The assignment, I believe, is to release a prophetic sound. Pay attention. Let your spirit be anticipatory. When you come to a prophetic meeting like this, your ears, your eyes, your senses must be attentive. Elijah said to Elisha, if you see me where I am taken, the double you desire will land. In prophetic meetings like this, they are catching up moments. Sometimes it's when you're dozing off that is the catching up moment. But may you not sleep off in your spirit. May you be alert, alive to catch. The sound bite, you need to move into the better half of the year. Amen. 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 So when the words come, wrap your faith around the words you hear. Simply, I believe, I receive. Don't you be like the man who had sat by the pool of Bethesda in John 5. 38 years diseased and infirmed. The angel came to steer the waters. Catholic idiot. And he had sat there for so long that the one who was the creator of the angels who stirred the water once in a while showed up. His name is Jesus. And when Jesus showed up, he asked this man, will you be made whole? It's interesting to know that sometimes God will see you in need and know what you need, but God will want you to voice and express your need. I'll give you the Bible. John 5, verse 6. 
when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, <laughs> he said unto him, will thou be made whole? That's obvious. He knew he was being there for 38 years. Yeah, well, of course he wanted to be made whole. Listen, he says, the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another stepped down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked and on the same day was the Sabbath so in this day the man was still in the Old Testament that once in a while they'll come a steering and at this particular day it was Jesus who showed up Yet the man began to complain, I have no man, the economy is bad, my employer is wicked, they don't like me there. Listen, when Jesus shows up, he doesn't show up to ask for your explanation why you've been where you are. He shows up with all that is needed to jack you up. He is the resurrection and the life. And I want to tell you, you don't need any angel to steer your water. Why? Jesus is in the house this morning. He is in the house this morning. The healer is in the house. The miracle worker is in the house. The deliverer is in the house. The transformer is in the house. The changer of lives and destinies. Katupeke, he is in the house. Can somebody shout, I know that Jesus is in the house this morning. Shout. Now touch your neighbor and say, please don't miss your Kairos moment. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For those who have been paying attention to my teachings in the past few days, you will understand I have been speaking quite a lot about the things the Lord is, has impressed upon my heart, what I see about what he's doing in the coming season we're, we're in now. You've heard me teach about the difference between ownership and what? Come on, people of God, good students. Possession, that's right. Ownership and what? Fantastic. We've seen that you can own something, but you may not possess it. As believers, we own many things or all things because the Bible says in Romans 8, 16, 17, that we are co-inheritors with Christ. So we inherit stuff, but because we inherit them, doesn't guarantee we yet possess them right there has to be a transference or a shift from the spiritual heavenly dimension into the natural physical for it to become our possession we're going to see that god is bringing us from dreams into reality praise god in other words it's my persuasion 
that God is making tangible. Certain inheritances we have in him that are intangible in this season. Bottom line, I believe that we're coming into the core of the reality of the prophetic word given us for this season and this year, glory unveiled. That means a greater degree of tangibility of the glory God has been teaching us from January 1, from the crossover service till now, is about to be revealed and unveiled in this season. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. As we look at our text, we find that the book of Joshua is a very, very important book in the Bible. Because it is the book whereby we find that the promises and the prophecies spoken to Abraham, our patriarch of faith, had begun to be made manifest in the lives of the children of Israel. It was the book where the people who had come out from Egypt, from bondage, being through the wilderness for 40 years, had now begun to enter Kolubalagadoska. What was promised them hitherto? So Joshua is considered as the book of the inheritance of the Old Testament saints. Are you here? Track with me. I slow down deliberately. Theologians have compared the book of Joshua, with the epistle of Paul to the church in Ephesus, which in the New Testament speaks to us about our inheritance in Christ. So we find under the Old Testament, the children of Israel had a physical inheritance. It was geographical. It was a landmass. Under the New Covenant, what we have is a spiritual inheritance in Christ. So the book of Joshua is considered as an antitype of Ephesians. Simply means, as we go into the book of Joshua and begin to study, begin to observe certain principles that occurred there, we can apply them in the New Testament to where we are today. We see in our text, shortly before this time, God had brought out the children of Israel from the land of bondage. The Bible declared with a strong and a mighty hand, God brought them out of the land of bondage. But you see, it wasn't just the intention of God to deliver them from bondage. His very, very intention was to ultimately deliver them into rest. So coming out of sin is no guarantee you're coming into your rest tangibly. Here, oh yeah, track with me. Here they were, delivered from the land of bondage, they had successfully crossed the Red Sea, yes, many years in the wilderness, yes, then they had crossed the river Jordan, 
I believe it's Joshua chapter 3 here, right? Here we are in chapter 6 of Joshua. We find that the children of Israel had now come successfully to the edge, track with me please, to the first city amongst the seven that God was to give them by way of inheritance. Somebody say first among what? The seven. Once again, first among the seven. Shortly at Gilgal, which is found in chapter 5, God had recut the covenant he made with them so that they were circumcised again in their foreskin. They were consecrated. He said, I will remove at Gilgal the reproach of Egypt. That means the smell of bondage, the smell of slavery, the smell of lack, the smell of sickness, the smell of premature death, the smell of infirmity will not be allowed to come into your Canaan. So at Gilgal, God rolled away their reproach. And I believe, before we cross into the better half of the year, that God today is rolling away certain reproach. Oh, your amen sounds very question. Can you give me a radical amen? That, that, that means you're going to cross over into July 1 without some weights. No, 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 no. You are not carrying the shackle into the second half. Oh, no, no. The delays are about to be annihilated. They're about to be truncated. They're about to be terminated. The issue of blood, whether 12 years, 18 years, they're about to come to a stop. Why? God said, I will roll away the reproach of Egypt before I bring you to Canaan. So here they were, about to come into their Jericho. Jericho was the first amongst the seven cities. And in Jericho, we see God show us a city-taking strategy. He said, technology. Remember, Moses was gone. His assignment was done and Joshua had received the mantle of leadership. I want to prophesy also, even in the body of Christ, there's coming a changing of gods. Oh, you get that tomorrow. When you go home, you catch what I said by the Spirit. Ah, the little boys like David, they're coming on the block. And there's coming a switch. Ekotobaramonokesikata. <laughs> David will be the one that will attract people to hear what God said the Lord in this day and age. Saul is about to lose out the people they have gathered unto himself. I'm speaking in quotes and parables. There's coming a shaking and a tumbling in the church. And there will be a turning and a turning and a turning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why of knees God must show the church that Moses is gone and Joshua is about to take the church into their Canaan in Christ. Oh, yeah. The fall of Jericho, help me, Lord Jesus, is. Perhaps one of the most interesting and instructive 
of things that happen in the book of Joshua. I'll tell you why. Why? Because God knows and the devil knows that your first breakthrough is the most important breakthrough of your life. Ha, Cody, help me, Lord. Son, that the devil does all it can do to delay or stop you from the breakthrough. But there's a place you will break through. It will become increasingly easier to continue to break through. It is the law of first fruit. Amongst the seven cities, the first, Jericho, was the most difficult to conquer. I tell you why. Because the devil was scared. If they will get this one, they will get the rest. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Help me Lord. There are things you are going through now. By way of battles, by way of challenges, by way of difficulties, please fight. Watch my eyes turn red. Watch my lips like milk. Fight. Don't draw back. Because except you conquer the first, you won't have the rest. That's Jericho. Verse 1 says that Jericho was straightly shut up not against the children of Israel. I want you to get this, beloved. It was shut up because of the children of Israel none went in and none came out. <laughs> Your enemies are afraid of you. They are more afraid of you than you think. The gates was not shut against you. It was shut because of you. Did you get that? <laughs> Jericho was shut because of the children of Israel. None went out. None came in. You see, it's interesting that your enemies can become their own prisoners because they are afraid you're coming. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know when people who call themselves your enemy, you don't know they're your enemies. Though. They call themselves your competitor. You don't know, you're not competing, but they're competing. And they begin to do things because they think that they are competing against you. Why? They are afraid of you. The truth be told is that sometimes you need to take a trip to the camp of those who call themselves your enemies to hear what they are saying. Because what they are saying will remind you that they are afraid of the God you are carrying. 
all the devious machinations and the things they want to put in place is out of a fear that somebody whose hand or whose who, who, who has the hand of God upon his life is on the rise and your rising in their opinion will bring shame and embarrassment to them but listen if God be for you you are on the rise if you're working right if you're living right if you're talking right you are on the right no matter who likes it or doesn't like it short because I want to share a few things with you very very briefly because my time is good who help me Lord the first thing you need to know beloved is that every battle you face is not your battle oh boy you have to understand it's the Lord's battle the battle is not between you and the enemy, you think your enemy, but the battle is between your God and their God. David said, Who art thou, O Philistine, uncircumcised, to speak against the people of God? David understood that this battle is between our God, covenant keeping God, and the God of the Philistines. And he knew it was what? A piece of cake. All he had to do was download the strategy of God. Five pebbles, a little rag, and that brother Goliath. The rest was history. What am I saying? The battle is the Lord's, not yours. Is that clear? Let it, let it simmer into your spirit that no matter what you face, financially, maritally, economically, academically, in the coming season, please listen. The battle is the Lord's, not yours. Point number one. Point number two, if the battle is the Lord's, listen carefully, don't miss this, then the strategy of fighting the battle must be God-breathed or God-given. God does not fight like men fight. Uh -huh. Men will use bazooka, AK-47, the best of weaponry. God doesn't use them. He can use them, but doesn't use them. The Bible declares, the weapon of our warfare, they are not carnal, not material, not physical, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Wow. So God's weaponry, as far as logic is concerned, listen, listen, doesn't oftentimes make sense. Are you here? Are you here? God will use extraordinary means to bring down an extraordinary problem. Oh boy, I, I don't know whether, should I go home? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm not sure you're receiving as much as I know God is releasing. I can sense it. Please be here. God will use unusual weaponry in his battle. Why? You just agreed that the battle is the Lord's, right? Good. If the battle is the Lord's, point one. Point two, the weaponry of choice must be of the Lord's, whether it makes sense or not. Yes? Whether it's logical or not. It's not logical for Jesus to see a blind man that he will spit on the ground. Sorry to make you feel offended if you do, but that's Bible. It's there in scriptures. 
He spat on the ground, made a piece of mud of clay, and put in the eyes. I thought this man should be seen, but your father blinding his eyes with clay. Saliva. Then you tell him to go to the pool of Siloam and wash. How will he see to get there? It's blind. Illogical. His ways are past finding out. <laughs> Track with me. So we're beginning to see a few keys that God put in chapter 6 of Joshua that brought them victory over their Jericho. Four things God required from them. Obedience. Faith. Courage. And the patience. Write them down. We also need these four virtues if we're going to overcome our Jericho today, today, today. What are they? Obedience. Number two, what? Faith. Number three, what? Courage. Number four, what? Patience. Be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit, possess their possessions. Jericho was simply a challenge to the faith of God's people and they had to rise up to it. They had to hear what God would ask them to do and do it and the rest was history. Beloved, I want to also interject for clarity. Please listen. Listen. Canaan has been said to be a type of heaven. How wrong? No, sir. No, sir. Canaan is a type of rest, not heaven. In Canaan, you need to fight to rest. Oh, boy. I wish I had time. There were giants in the land. As a matter of fact, when the spies saw the giant, when they went out to spy the land, Numbers 12, 13, or 13, I beg your pardon. What God intended for them to know is, when they saw the giants, it was a signpost that read, Welcome to Abuja. Did you hear me? Do you see a signpost at the airport road? I start running back. Hey, 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 whoa, hey, whoa. No. The signpost, he said, what, what, and, and come in. You're coming. Bata, we're waiting for you. If you don't see the giants, maybe it's not a Kenan. No, 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 no. Do you hear me? Keep your battle in perspective. Let me say again. The giants are a signpost that you're so close to the land. Let us enter now. There are battles that remind you, believe you me, I'm there. Let me fight till I'm there. When the devil is going crazy, things are around you, your mind, your this, just, just, just say, nah. What? I love that statement. This is it. I know in my belly, this is it. You have a door. It's number one. So Canaan is a type of rest that needs to fight. The seven cities, the Perizzite, Jebusite, Canaanite, Hivites, they, 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 were, they were peculiar. Oh, no, no, good together. There were principles for every city. 
But the first one, his first fruit is Jericho. You must stick with your Jericho first. You know what? You're coming into July. July is the seventh month. Monique together to grow the monarchy. I'm going to, at the end of this service, release seven blasts of the shofar. And you are going to release a prophetic shout to your God. Listen. Pastor Dan, listen. I give you Bible. They did not shout because the city, or rather the walls fell. Really. They shouted to make the wall fall. As you come into the seventh month, Jericho is saying, welcome. But God is saying, on a day before you enter the seventh month, you must shout. Not shouting because the wall fell, you will shout to make it fall. So there is a kind of praise you will give God at the end of this homily. It's not a praise that says because my, my genotype has changed yet. It's a shout that will make your genotype to change. Because the prophetic shout did something. It engaged angels. They are more with you than they that are against you. As we cross over last year to this year, God told me that one of the things you'll experience personally and as a church is a heightened activity of angels. No, 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 I can tell you the angels are here. They are here. There is a sound they recognize in the heavens. It's called praise. Let me go ahead of myself because of time. The walls did not fall down because somebody pushed them down. No. Goliath did not fall down because somebody pushed him. No. He fell down under spurious, mysterious ways. How can a man throw one pebble? It will hit your forehead. You should fall back. He fell forward. Not be stone King Goliath. Na angel slap that yayama. Not be stone. If na stone, the man go fall backward now. Eh? Not be law of physics, push him back. But stone hits you, you can't fall down. No, na angel slap him back up. Remember na katobolobos. I see the angels. That you provoke with your shout, with your praise, go into the camp of your enemy and slap your enemy. 
slap that giant. Slap cancer. Slap HIV. Slap delay in your marriage. Slap delay in your finances. Somebody shout angels. Hebrews 1.14. And they're not all ministering spirits. They are sent. They are on mission. They are, they, are, they, are, they are ministering with me. They are, we Hebrews 1114. A sita, a sata, a city, a kuti, a city, a city is yours for the ticket. And then I get to the next. Ah, gagadondo, shut up, God. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them, to them who are called to be His? I'm born again. I'm not in doubt. I, I'm an here of salvation. Angels. Angels. Beloved, I put it to you. What brought down the wall of Jericho was not a human hand. It wasn't human economy. And Not technology. Somebody say angels. Hey, he makes his angel spirits, his ministers, flames of fire. Flames of fire. Can we speak in tongues for two minutes as a prophetic house? Can you connect with the heavens? Call forth angels. In the spirit, they are more with us than they that are against us. Close ears, open up. Open up to the sound of abundance of rain. Efata, efata, efata. Eyes open up. Veils be lifted. Scales be removed. Every false leaking, every leakage, leakage of your joy, leakage of your peace, leakage of the joy of your salvation. This hour you come to an end. Your days of tears and fears, they are over. They are over. They are over. They are over. Ikrobande grande grando gonda grinda gando Iprogolebura gabole bazanza yande Agragadala balabos krandek Irbolona 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 Agrangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangangang
They are over. It's a new day over my life, a new day over my family. I welcome myself into a changing of seasons. My best days have just begun. The expectation of the just shall not, cannot, will not be cut short. I expect glory unveiled in this year. My days of tears, they are over. My days of trouble, they are over. My days of panic, anxiety, and fear, they are over. The delay is over. Ikota, the waster, you are over. Igronda Gabra, angels, Igrombalanamosa, we beckon you in the spirit. Rabila Boka, they are more with us than they against us. You are the wall of fire round about this apostolic house, this prophetic company. You are the glory in our midst. Aramba Dege Bregadola Balagadia Brando. Come on, push one more minute. Arbadete Irbadoko. As the Holy Ghost to baptize you with fire. Ramba Bagaboka. He made his angel spirit and his ministers flames of fire. Father Lord, make me a ball of fire. Untouchable, unhandleable, unfrustratable, ekobaka, immolestable to the force of darkness. As I come into the better half of the year, make me a ball of fire. I can't be stopped. I refuse no for an answer. Every door I push opens. July 1, I come in style with Jesus. I come in style with the Holy Ghost. I come in style with my Heavenly Father. I say bye-bye to every Pharaoh, every Egyptian, every disease, every infirmity. I pronounce crossover. I pronounce Passover. I pronounce crossover. I pronounce Passover. There is a crossing over into a new day. There is a Passover. My life. Come on. See, bragado, bragado, bragado. I see multiple pregnancies, multiple childbirths. Amazing open doors. Yeah, it's a new day. It's a new season. The siege is over. I prophesy over you. The storms, the billows, the tempest, they are over. There is a changing of season. Hey, 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 hey. Somebody shout, yeah, 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 yeah. Beloved, there are many principles we can milk out from this text. Let me put one or two or three. Number one, the Lord said to them, see, I have given you, I have given it into your hand, Jericho. Somebody say see. Wow. Come on. You see it? Exodus 7 1. See, I have made you a God to Pharaoh. It's in your Bible. Do Bible study. It's there. I'm not lying. God said he made Moses a God to. But the issue was that Moses had to see it. So God is saying, See, I have given you Jericho. from second half of the year. You have to see it. You have to see it. See it. 
No matter what tries to discourage you, I see it. I, I see it. Yes. The other thing to note there, many things, is that God gave Joshua a commandment for the people. He could have overridden Joshua to the people, but he said, Joshua, I give you a word for the people. If you're going to get into your Jericho safely, you must learn to hear the voice of God in, your, in his manservant. It's not that you can't hear God for yourself. 2 Chronicles 20, 20. You believe the Lord your God. That's wonderful. But believe also, he is what? Servants. Because taking Jericho requires order, not chaos. He spoke to one, Joshua. It's in your Bible. To speak to them. You must listen. You can't, you can't make the word coming from the mouth of the one sent you guesswork. You can't take what you like and leave what you don't like. Are you here? Number three, there was a centrality of the ark. The ark was not in front or behind. The ark was in the center. If you're going to take Jericho, his presence must be at the core of your being. His presence is his glory. Psalm 144. 144, I beg your pardon. One to the end. By his presence, it makes the river of Jordan to feed. They fled for his presence. Emphasize his tangible presence. Be a presence carrier. You want to carry money? I want to carry God. I want to carry God. <laughs> Number four. The importance of waiting and obeying instructions to the end. What do I mean? For six days, beloved, these guys went around the city. <laughs> they didn't shout. They kept going. Nobody spoke. To wait can be frustrating. Six days, they went around in obedience until their obedience was complete. Until your obedience is complete, don't expect your land to be taken. They went around six times. Nothing happened. So it seems. But every time in the spirit they went around, one, something shifted. Two, shifted. Three, shifted. I believe with every step of obedience, more angels were descending. As you obey God in the better half of the year, you may not see immediate results. Keep on obeying God. When your obedience is complete, he will avenge you of all disobedience. Hi, help me, Lord. So please for silence. Be still and know that I am God. Can you imagine for six days, it must have been frustrating. Just go around, not talking. Nobody, nobody could ask, why are we here? Just, mm, 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 mm. They, the you, not around your house. Can you imagine? People just going around, like Mumu. Why are you moving? No, no, they couldn't talk. God was testing their patience. To take Jericho, God will test your patience. 
it's not only faith that takes the land, it's faith and patience. Be followers, be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Are you here? Help me, Lord Jesus. They shouted, not because Jericho came down, they shouted as an obedience of faith. Wow. Beloved, listen carefully. Nothing happened until the people what? Shouted. Oh yeah. Track with me here. A few points that will help you. They did not shout until the seventh day. You track with me? Number one, nothing happened until they shouted. They did not shout until they were to shout. Seventh day. Seven priests blew the trumpet. Why am I saying this? Their shout was an expression of their faith that they believed God. That whilst the walls of Jericho were staring them in the eyes, they believed that they had taken the city. Talk with me. The word shout in Hebrew means alarm, signal, sound of war, blast of war, alarm of joy. It means to shout, to raise a sound, to cry out, to give a blast. To shout in triumph over enemies, to shout in applause. There is an element of the Hebrew word shout that has to do with praise. Here we go now. It means to shout in triumph. To shout for joy. The praise of the children of Israel alongside their shout brought down walls of Jericho. You've heard many, you've heard many things that you need to hear the message. But let me rewind for the purpose of what I'm about to do. Number one, the battle you face is not yours, right? Number two, it's Lord battle. If it's a lost battle, you're fighting based on the lost strategies, right? His strategies are not oftentimes logical, doesn't make sense. Faith, praise, don't make logical sense, right? They shouted not because the wall came down, they shouted because they believed as they shouted the wall came down. What made the wall to come down wasn't per se their shout, they evoked angels. Listen, it was said that the wall of Jericho was so wide a number of chariots of horses could ride on it. In fact, on the, wall of, on the walls, people built their houses. That's how wide the wall. You know, it's not a small wall. It's a, it's a, no, no. Like from here to here, that's a wall. It's a wall. So it wasn't something that pushed it. No. In fact, it was pushed down. You know why? If the wall fell this way, as big as it is, they couldn't climb it over it. So what happened was this, beloved. Please, please, please. It, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It makes God. It's stupid. Logical. It makes God. See, there's a wall here. So as they shouted, I believe angels descended and then they walked into the city. Seven blasts. At the seven blasts, release a shout. 
Holy Ghost, the walls are down. It's a city for you to take. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the torch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic.org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.